Oh, do you hear that? Oh, that's that's the sound of us getting on iTunes. Ooh, it feels so good. All crispy, that clean audio. About to get that iTunes money? That Steve Jobs money? Okay, guys. Uh, all Wave uh, Episode 6. Uh, this episode, I interviewed uh, Brandon Buxton. Artist out of Baltimore. Um, we met at a PMF fair. It was really cool. Had some great work. So uh, we hung out. We talked, and then uh, then we came by for the interview, and we made uh, action brunts and breakfast. But uh, he was so wild from the night before. The episode got cut a little short, but you know it was quality over quantity over here at uh, All Wave Radio. But um, enjoy the interview. You can follow him at Brandon Buxton on Facebook, and then everything else is at the end. So. Um, also, uh, Altwave Season 1 is here. It's live on the website. So, big, 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 big move. We, um, uh, you can follow at the website, which is thealtwave.com. And then on social media, you can go um, Facebook, The Altwave. Uh, Facebook's Logan Spires. Instagram, Spires Logan. Twitter, Spires Logan. And Instagram, The Altwave. So, a lot of places you can follow everything. Got a lot of big summer plans. Be sure to check out the gear. Um, big, big things happening. And also, uh, like and subscribe or uh, write a review on iTunes. That's how we can kind of get up there and just get more eyeballs and ears checking out the stuff and seeing what we're doing. Have a great day. Peace. Okay, Ron. Uh, third take. So nice. Um, yeah. I hear my boy, Brandon Buxton on All Wave Radio. Respect. Um, we just got done making just a crucial breakfast on some real Action Bronson uh, stees. Uh, Fuck, that's delicious. It was so delicious. The pancakes and veggie omelet with the coconut water feeling so refreshed. Yes, thank you for my electrolytes, bro. I appreciate it. Bro, about to, uh, about to just climb a mountain with this energy. Mm-hmm. About to turn it into some real powerful things. I'm going to um, go to sleep after this. I'm not feeling well, but yeah. Uh, I, already, I already know. Last night was wild. We both wild. Um, yeah. Uh, so, um, let's get into where, uh, kind of where, where'd you, uh, where'd you come up from? Uh, well, yeah, I'm straight from East Baltimore, Kenwood and Ashland. Like, my cousin asked me that yesterday. Yeah, like, yeah. Where are you from? Like, don't <laughs> stun on me like that. <laughs> where you stand? You know what I mean? Because, like, uh, I moved out to, like, Baltimore County when I was probably, like, 12. <laughs> so, like, I like to say I'm, like, from East Baltimore, by the way, Essex. I don't ever say that because that's whack and shit to say. But yeah, yeah. In my mind. Creatively, oh I, no, I already understand. Cause I'm from I'm from Northern Virginia, and it's like 20 minutes, I don't know, 30 minutes outside of DC. Yeah. It's, it's real close. But the problem is, people say you're from Nova, they think you're just from like some southern backwoods back. shit. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 no. So I always just be like, I'm just from. You just say you're just from DC because it's easier. Cause you don't have to explain. It. It's like, oh, well, you know, if you look at the geography, it's some that's shit. way wrack. Yeah, it's so wack. Wack. It's so wack. You're like, nah, man, just let me wrap my set, please. Shut the fuck up, yeah, right? So when he tries a uh, set, set on me, set trip on me yesterday. Oh, that's funny. I'm from East Baltimore, and um, that's how I, that's how I've gotten a lot of uh, understanding of how to move throughout the city, mm-hmm. and like being from being from Baltimore gives you a badge for real. Oh yeah. And so it's like I know I can go anywhere in the fucking world and walk. Through any hood, in my opinion, uh-huh. and it's because like you get you get socialized a certain type of way here to be able to handle yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. So where where did you like you know obviously you're you're a painter working on a lot of pieces right now. Where did you uh when did you first kind of start getting into art? Was that like brought up through your parents or through you know your upbringing or was that something you kind of find yourself? Yeah. Nah, um. Like I said, growing up in the hood, ain't no fucking art. Mm-hmm. I don't even know nothing about art. So like. I never knew an artist 
Like, I knew cartoons and drawings and shit, but I never knew any artists. But when I moved out to Essex in the county, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's a weird thing to go from, like, being, like, the top of your class as a little kid and then move to a different place and have there be a different set of, like, uh, rubric for how you're graded. You know what I mean? And so I went from, like, a star student to a, a bottom mediocre student mm-hmm. but the difference is like talent always shines through mm-hmm. so it's like somebody knew something was up with this kid because mm-hmm. he was like coming from the county to the to coming to the county and I and I would draw I would trace pictures and draw shit but I never was like I like to be an artist and nobody ever encouraged that shit mm-hmm. so when I got out to the county and shit I used to just take my notebook and fill it with crazy drawings over and over and over again and then stuff it into like the little desk like as a little kid your little binder desk yeah i would have like a trash bin full of drawings Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the year or the end of the semester if i wasn't there the teacher would let the kids go through the the book through the uh, desk and like have all my drawings and shit like that finally my art teacher was like nah like he's got some real talent like let's like at least see what he's about and they sent me to a summer art camp mm-hmm. in, in uh, Hunt Valley or some shit for mm-hmm. a week and a half. Had never met any artists before. Mm-hmm. Never even took drawing serious. And all of a sudden now I'm surrounded by like high school kids who paint their feelings and mm-hmm. shit like that. And like, I ain't got no jumper like that for real. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Not a dope boy. You know what I'm saying? My people come from that, but like, my parents are both college educated. They yeah. try to get me to understand that wasn't the move. So you pick up what you got, and like, I learn how to fucking paint and like articulate how I feel about these pieces. Mm-hmm. And now I'm trying to push some weight, yeah. and that's how you become like. That's the decision to become an artist for real. Now how now how old were you when like you went to this camp? I was probably like fucking twelve. Twelve? Okay. So is that is that when you first like like even though it may not have been encouraged by your parents, is that when you first started to see this as like, oh, this is something I really like? Like this no, is it no. okay. when I when I when I realized it was something I could really like. It's always been a tool to me. Yeah. So like I was a I was a kind of a troubled kid in middle school. Like mm-hmm. I I've always been small and a uh, uh, small stature, you know what I'm saying? So like, put big heart. So motherfuckers would never say anything to me. Like fuck that, and that gets you in trouble. But I was failing art class one time, mm-hmm. and in middle school we didn't have an art teacher. Like we, it was Harford Heights. I mean, uh, Deep Creek Middle School, which is like a medium kind of school. But mm-hmm. they never were able to keep an art teacher. They would always quit or be like, fuck this school. So I was failing that shit, and my art teacher's like, look, you can draw a little bit. Take this picture, which is the Marlboro Man, like in the, in the shape of like Mount. Was that mountain with the president's car? Rushmore. It was the Marlboro Men, drawn as the Mount Rushmore. Crazy, and she gives it to me like, here, draw this, draw it. I'll give you a grade for it. Whatever. I crushed that bitch. This was also at the time where my parents would take my sketchbook when I got in trouble. Mm-hmm. So no drawing is a weird thing. So it was like. Backed up art, knocked out this crazy ass Mount Rushmore piece as like a fucking middle school kid. Mm-hmm. They put it on the BCPS County channel and shit, like the TV channel. 
And then my high school came by, Patapsco High School, which is like an art magnet. Mm-hmm. And they did like a presentation like, yo, you can draw for three hours a day, chew gum, talk on your phones, come to our high school. Fuck that, bro. It's like, you know what I mean? Or it was like, go to Chesapeake, your zone school, and fucking fight those guys for another four years, you know what I mean? So it's like, I got down on my shit, like, you know what? They asked me to have a portfolio, they asking me to have some pieces, they asking me to have, they asking me to strap up, do work. And I ain't never got no problem with that. And I got down, got accepted to that school, and and graduated with a visual art degree from Patapsco. And like, from that point, it was like, yo, I'm not about to stop. And I started reaching out to motherfuckers in the city. Mm-hmm. Like, just Googling keywords and shit. And one of the things I, I Googled was black male identity. Because uh-huh. that was one of my, like, um, that was one of my keywords in my artist statement. Uh-huh. So I was trying to find content on the internet that related to it. So mm-hmm. I could just apply my shit to it and, and it flowed. And there actually happened to be this initiative called Black Male Identity Project going on. These was like some older gentlemen who were like in the scene already. And they basically got grant money to put on different shows and shit. I start emailing motherfuckers for a month straight. Mm -hmm. Finally, three motherfuckers hit me back fresh. I was still in high school. I got three shows booked off the bat. $300 a piece for two pieces of show. Mm -hmm. And it was like... This shit is nothing. This shit is gravy. And from that point on, I've been on with that shit. Mm-hmm. I done worked with Station North as their intern. I done fucking taught adult classes at the Walters. I done, I, uh, I used to teach a class called Walk One to Create, mm-hmm. which is like an eight to ten year old class at the Walters once a month. Mm-hmm. That shit was like the most rewarding shit ever to be sitting around with baby geniuses on a Saturday morning. Breaking down fucking Jesus crucifixions and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 dude. That was just. Uh, I feel like that's really interesting. The idea of like seeing that success kind of early, yeah. so then it reinforces that like, oh, this is something. This is something I can do as like a career. It makes you jaded as fuck. Yeah. Well, uh, why do you say that? Because it's like it made me. Let me not. Made me jaded as fuck. In what ways? It's like. When something comes to you so naturally, mm-hmm. it it makes it difficult to put it in the perspective of opportunity and challenge. So it's like I talked about professionality. You weren't here when I talked about professionality last night, but it was like we gonna have shows in this bitch, yeah, and that's gonna be great, and that's a small platform. Mm-hmm. But like the shit that I did with the contemporary. Mm-hmm. The Grit Fund Project, where they funded motherfuckers to do shit on a certain scale. Mm. There's professionality that goes behind that. You showed up at my house today at 11 o'clock, like you said, mm. with your stuff ready to go. Yeah. With questions written. Yeah. That's professionality. Mm. You, you also could have not. You could have came with just your iPhone and a blunt, and we just yeah. sat in here and talked, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. But, but... You get in what you put out. You get out what you put into it. And so like, it seeing success early without having actual context to it, mm-hmm. it it makes it so that there's a learning curve when you actually run up against professional professionalism. 
is the word I'm actually looking for. So, so do you think that when you see that success so young and so early, you think that uh, you don't kind of see the the gift that you've been given? Is you you yeah. see? It, I was like, of course, it's like that. I'm fucking awesome. Yeah, course. yeah, I'm fucking yeah. awesome. I'm like 15. You know, I'm flossing as fuck. But then you kind of realize, like, oh wait, I was given. You know, I had such a good opportunity. And it's kind of hard to see like the forest for the tree. Like, I get what you're, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also like when you're younger, like I'm, I, like I'm, I come from like a, a middle class family mm-hmm. who knows what they know. Uh-huh. So it's like when I'm fucking 15, running art shows and planning clothing lines and shit, motherfuckers don't see that as an opportunity to actually grow into something real. They see it as a young man's hobby, mm-hmm. and that can take a whole lot of momentum and steam out of you when you don't have the proper suit. Support or cultivation to some okay. shit. Like I, I wasn't in school to like have somebody see some shit and be like, you know what, this is actually what you could do with that shit. I was just running off of pure YouTube and inner ambition. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so when you see success early, like it makes it a little bit harder to like a maintain it and then grow from it in a real way. Mm. Now, uh, so after you graduated from co- high school, what did you do? Did you, did you go to college? Or? I went to CCBC Essex for a little bit. And when I was there, uh, there's a writer named James Baldwin. Have you ever heard of him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, he's from Baltimore. Uh-huh. His sister owns a gallery on North Charles Street. I told you about the black male identity shit yeah. that I did when I first got out of high school. Well, one day, I'm leaving my house with my homeboy to go just do some debaucherous shit as usual, you know what I mean? And we were leaving his house, and I left my laptop. We leaving my house, and I left my laptop. So I'm like, yo, circle the block. Let me grab that shit. And we pull up, and there's this old guy getting out of his car with one of my pieces in his hand. And I didn't give that motherfucker my shit. Like, who is that? My mom's in the house, but I'm like, I don't know him. I'm about to hop out and say what's up. Talked to him for a second. He like, yeah, I just opened a gallery up down in Charles Street. And um, I thought this was dope. My media, I'm like, well, bet. I got five artists. They got six artworks apiece. Mm-hmm. They all based on the theme red. We just need a place to show it. That's all a lie. But in my mind, I'm like, that's totally doable. If you tell me green light, I'll have that in a week. He's like, all right, work well. I sit down together and have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk. Long story short, I got the green light to have a show, but it wasn't his gallery. It was another bitch's gallery. And yeah, he threw me for a whole fucking loop. I got a real dose of Baltimore fucking fuck shit in the scene as a as a as a seventeen year old young man. Mm-hmm. And ain't nobody had my back but me. And my show still went on for a week long. And I threw a fashion show where I was cutting and sewing in that bitch for for one night. Made $600 off the show and shit. And from that point forward, kept making my money. But I knew I was going to be a curator from that point forward. Art is always going to be here. But there's like museum curators and shit. Like I can actually make some shit. So, uh... So did, so did you finish college or what did you do with that? No, it just wasn't for you? It just stopped. Yeah, I feel you. Um, so what kind of like influences did you have growing up? Like whether... Mike Giant. What? Mike Giant. That's it. Mike That's it. Like he does everything. Tattooing, painting, graffiti, clothes, and like 
I used to just I just I would copy I would jack the fuck out of his shit mm-hmm. and then later adapted to my own shit mm-hmm. and then later like took the style but when I came up it was purely like giant cause I didn't know I didn't have any other influences like I didn't rap is a music form but there was no artists in my scene there was nobody who I knew so like you didn't take like the music you listened to that wasn't really influenced that was just music to you like it was, it was just music it was my parents used to sell uh, bootleg CDs oh yeah 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 so I had every CD ever always down to like summertime to like um my girl likes to party all the time and shit like always had music so music was just a default less of a influence but what influenced me was my own drive <laughs> no actually scratch that what influenced me was the internet your thing and Quan can do his thing and these bitches shout can come through yeah shout out to Theodore you know what I mean and uh we can do our things off of off of these this product that comes out of our soul like I ain't gotta re-up on that so it's free what uh were there any particular tapes that were like very influential growing up? Oh like, yeah. What, what what would you say were like the big albums that really like stuck with you? Of course, I had a five disc changer in my room in high school, and I would spend hours painting, listening to the same five CDs. Right. Mm-hmm. The score by the Fugees. Okay. Used to be number ten, and now we permanent one. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Fucking graduation, of course. Of course. Realize you were champion. Um. Old Dirty Bastard returns to the 36 Chambers. Was it Brooklyn Zoo? Brooklyn Zoo. Brooklyn Is that Zoo. what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brooklyn yeah, yeah, yeah. Zoo. Where it had the, like, the, the food stamp card. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Beanie Siegel, Public <laughs> Enemy Number 1. God damn. Green Lantern. Listen, listen. Beans. From one side to the other, yo. Crazy. And I, could, and I would literally put that CD on, rap word for word for an hour, and draw for an hour straight, rapping word for word. Wow. And that, and that, and that was that. That's four of them. And then that freeway shit with the uh, what we do is wrong. Oh shit! Wrong. Like that shit. That CD came in and out of my shit. And then like change with Fifty Cent a lot because uh, all of those Fifty Cent CDs were, were classics in the beginning. What about yourself? What kind of uh, CDs? What are you, what's your top five? In top five. I mean, I'm, t- I'm trying to think into like, cause uh, like so for me. When I grew up, my parents were not really into hip-hop. My dad was really into, like, metal and shit. Okay. So, like, I didn't get a lot of musical influence from my parents. Mm-hmm. But my brother, he's nine years older than me. Okay. Shout out Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. Um, What's up? Uh, big old motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> big body motherfucker. Big bodies. Yeah. Um, big fucking body. I like um, that, yeah. He, uh... Oh, he, so, he put me onto a lot of music. So, when I got... When I first, um... So when I first started listening to it, it was like it was weird, bro. There was a lot of just like '90s hip hop. Like you put me on like Illmatic, like all the classics, yeah, Wu Tang, Mob Deep, all mm-hmm. that. And then you also put me on to like this underground shit, like cats like Devin Who, Obliv, Mind Design, Knowledge. Mm. And then like, but I think growing up through high school, the big ones were like uh, Mad Villainy by Mad Villain. That's a that's a classic tape. Yeah, I never even heard it before. Bro, yeah. MF Doom and Mad Lib. That's a that's a that's a classic project. Yeah, I fuck with that. Um. I don't know, like, like, I always go through so much, but, like, lately, I'm trying to think the things that really stand out to me are, like, uh, Freddie Gibbs, Pinata. Yeah, I didn't like that. You yeah. didn't like Pinata? I love Mad Lib's production, and honestly, the Pinata song, because it's got, like, dudes I fuck with, like, Casey Veggies, Michi Darko, Mac Miller. I was like, nah, I fuck with that. Yeah, I did like the Pinata song. Actually. That was a good one. Michi Darko got that voice. That, that real voice. Yeah, that's like, what I'm all about that, actually, about, like, texture and the shit. 
I like that style. It's um, so yeah, I don't know. It was just like it was always so much where I just go through like four or five tapes at a time that I'll just wear out. Like in uh, yeah. I think like my last two years of high school, like first year of college, um, Joey Badass and Pro Era, that whole movement was very very like influential to me. I couldn't get with that. That was too heavy backpacking for me. Too heavy backpacking. That's why I still don't listen to J. Cole, because it's like... You think it's still, like, it's too backpacking? I can't. Yeah, I can't. I mean, Joey shit is cool. It's real hip-hop. Joey shit is less backpacking, more real hip-hop. But. Well, it's, that's the thing, this idea that, like, only stuff that sounds like the 90s is real hip-hop. Like, no, remember, no, no. Like, I feel like saying. there's this stigma, though, because, like, oh, you know, all the Facebook, like, all the real hip-hop Facebook pages where, <laughs> like, if you didn't make 90s music, if you aren't some underground shit, like, you're not a... You're not like an artist. Like I don't. I don't like that because I'm at the point now where it's like, you know what, future. Like he got the. Come beats. on, cut. I was about like, to say, yo, that's the realest hip hop out to me right and now. And to me, there's not even a level of realness. Like if you about to come, you're gonna turn up so hard. Like you don't have to learn something. Like sometimes it's just about wilding. Like and that's okay. And I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh man, but he's not telling the lyrical story. Like who cares, man? Right now I'm just like I just need something to bump to while I'm driving home. Like you know, but. I don't know, I feel like music, for me, music was very, like, it was a good way for me to, like, get in touch with, like, the culture, like, the hip-hop culture and just the street culture, like, that was something I was always very attached to. So, um, so what are you doing right now, currently, in terms of, uh, like, art-wise? So I just finished up the fucking scroll publication with the contemporary. And that's, is that, is that what you had when we met at the, uh, PMF? Mm-hmm, yeah, okay. that's the scroll, so, like, that's where I was at the table for the contemporary. That was, uh, I, I got with them in September, uh-huh. and that ends May, June, June, yeah, it probably ends like June, so, I just finished that up, and I'm kind of, like I said, I just, I'm setting, settling into this house, mm-hmm. to kind of plan on using that as like a, a canvas. Like a, just a base of operation. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and figure out what kind of shit, creatively wise, we're going to pump out of here. So this is the first creative thing that has been like done in here, mm. and um, were you pleased with how the the scroll turned out, or how? Yeah, it was, how'd you feel about it? I think um, I think it was a good. I think it's a good publication. Mm. Somebody described it to me as substantial. So oh, yeah, yeah, you told me about this last night. You want to tell that story? Uh, yeah, shorty like uh, came up to the table. She was cute as shit. She just was uh, looking at the book. She looked at me a couple times. And then she was like, I appreciate this. Like, this is a pretty substantial thing you're giving me. And I had never heard anybody, like, describe it as that. Mm-hmm. So that was very nice. But, um, honestly, I'm trying to paint some substantial shit. Mm-hmm. Trying to, like, like I said, I don't know how substantial events in this house are going to be. But I'm hoping to eventually move on to some substantial shit going on in my life, you know what I mean? Uh, what what piece of work are you most proud of? Like, mm. to this point? Or how do you... How do you Myself, like, man. Your, your stuff. My fucking self, yeah. I'm like, I'm the fucking most complicated piece of art I've ever created, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Do you, uh, do you really, like, rank your art after you work it? Or do you just not... Uh, no, you just, I, I put that shit... Facing the wall, <laughs> fucking move on. Honestly, because like I don't know, like I told you, it's more about the hustle for me. Like the art is just a byproduct for real. So it's like um, that shit says whatever it's gonna say. You look at it. I don't really wanna look at it that heavy, but um, no, I don't, I don't rank them shits at all. 
So when you're when you're working on your art, art when you said like you look at it, are you when you're are you making things that you're like worried about what the then then you're thinking about like what the viewer will think of it, or is it purely about this is what I think and that is what it is? It's about what I think and that's that is what it is. Interesting. I think uh, I think a part of the whole dance of art is the viewer, mm-hmm. the observer, and so like of course that's taken into consideration. But honestly, I'm trying to take the audience out of a lot of what I do, mm-hmm. like this, like the Truman Show type of shit. Like uh-huh. this ain't no fucking movie. I'm just making my moves. For sure. It's it's concentrated and and now deliberate. I'm moving towards trying to be deliberate about mm-hmm. moves. But no, I don't really think about the viewer too much, or like the audience too much. Unless that's the goal of the piece. I have a piece upstairs where I did a whole collage that goes from black and white to full color. Mm-hmm. But because I thought that nobody would really see the uh, the like images and the message, I just smacked a huge painting of SpongeBob on top of it. <laughs> and the SpongeBob is like to represent the fact that like some shit's got to be palatable for people, or mm-hmm. they won't even be able to take it in. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you you think of the audience, you think of the audience as a fucking, just like a, another line in the painting. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, how would you describe like your your artistic vision or like your body of work? Like how like, like almost like your artist like how would you describe yourself as an artist if you had to? Um. Mm, good question. Bringing in those heaters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm bent over here. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So slumped. <laughs> uh, I I I describe myself as an artist in a mess shirt that says Armani on it, like. It's like that. It's like that. <laughs> that's, that's the statement. Describe myself. <laughs> yeah, it's like I never aim to like have myself be a focal point of of pretty of too much of anything really mm-hmm. like. So where do you see yourself taking it in the in the future in like the next you know like year or two? Um, just kind of turning this place out a little bit into more of a creative hub, mm-hmm. a creative like uh, center. Yeah, yeah, where people can feel free to come in and out, and we can smoke weed and drink, and I won't get as sick, mm-hmm. and I'll like still make cookies for everybody and shit, and like people will get good substantial things done in this house. Mm. That's um. The goal. I think now it's just like a rapid fire because my man is yeah, slump right now. Yeah, and I'm now. trying to facilitate that uh, substantial shit so it'll come through, definitely. Of course. Um, what, what Are there any other mediums you're working with besides painting? Um, yeah, I mean, I do... Because uh, you showed me some screen prints last night and mm-hmm. I was really I was really digging that. A lot of uh, like hood-inspired mm-hmm. work, like some New Jack City stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, I have... I... I like uh, Wiz Khalifa said, if you don't got a style, you can do anything for real. Mm. And just imply your aesthetic to it. Mm. So like, I'll make a fucking chicken wire sculpture tomorrow for real. You know what I mean? Mm. Or I'll make a, <laughs> I'll make a, a life size horse head out of ceramics. You know what mm. I mean? Like I don't have no real uh, set mediums. I just have a set budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we yeah. always trying to expand that, open that up for real. Of course. Yeah. So what's your couple last? Thing? What's your process? Well, how would you describe that? Do you go from idea to sketch to do you, do you deliberate, or do you just have to get it out as quick as possible? How do you describe your 
your process? Um, yeah, no, my process is like, uh, <laughs> I like this question. I like these, this interview. Um, it's straight from God, mm-hmm. fully realized, and then the rest of it is translation, you know what I mean? <laughs> Ask Basquiat when you see it. He'll tell you what my process like. What's your uh, What's your current setup? Because you showed me a little bit last night, but so it's a lot of it just you working in your room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quiet space. Um, also work up the street at the uh, Annex uh-huh. with uh, in my homeboy Gaia's studio. Uh-huh. Shout out to Gaia. Shout out He's Gaia. over in fucking Belize somewhere painting a fucking forty foot wall in That's five days. So right. Fuck with my son, um, but. How did you uh, how'd you meet Gaia? Through uh, Station North. I was the Open Walls intern. Oh, nice. And he curated that mural program. Mm-hmm. And he's just a real one. Uh-huh. A real one. So it was like, real recognized, real. I couldn't deny it when I started talking to him. Mm-hmm. And then we did some wheat pastings around the city during the uprising called If They Gun Me Down Today, mm-hmm. where we took a picture of me, like, fucking cooling. And then a picture of me looking like a thug. Mm. But neither one of them are those directly. They're just two pictures of me in different clothes. Mm. And then what we did was we phrased them as a Facebook post. Uh Did six by eight foot paintings on his wall. Mm. And then we pasted them shits up on North Avenue and shit like that. And then after that, we went down... This was the beginning of 2015. Mm-hmm. We went down to the Civil Rights Museum in Atlanta uh-huh. and actually installed those pieces on their lobby wall using airbrush and spray paint and oh, acrylic. Wow. And uh, yeah, so shout out to Gaia for showing hella love off the grip. You know what I mean? That's a, uh, I mean, that's definitely a really cool concept, especially with, you know, Baltimore. The re- you know, in the past like year. Uh, a lot of the just the racial tension, especially with all the police brutality and all that shit, mm-hmm. I feel like it's a really good way to like to to speak that. To yeah, talk about it, and that's talk. all it was. And he's a uh, he's a controversial artist because he's like a a white guy from upstate New York, but mm-hmm. he has like per, he has a uh, first of all a very good heart, mm-hmm. but he also is conscious of of, of what he's trying to talk about. Mm-hmm. And for me to have a good conversation with somebody is always worth it. Of course, um. So you're talking about uh, curation. Mm-hmm. Is that is that where you your end goal is to just be a curator? Nah, man. I mean, I got this like goal in my mind of like being a director of the Blacks and Wax Museum mm-hmm. and like turning the Blacks and Wax Museum into a uh, African American resource mm-hmm. and an African American institution. Mm-hmm. That is a resource to my people mm-hmm. in East Baltimore, and that's an old ass. Uh, like I went to Harper Heights across the street from it, mm-hmm. and I know the doctor who started it. Her husband passed already, but like, she's still the director of that shit, and like, I don't. That's my end goal in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. Not end goal, but that's a big goal. I'm sure. That's a big goal. Um. Are there any uh any projects you have coming up in the near future that you'd like to talk about? Um, just plenty of house parties and some bad bitches coming through. Sure. I'm gonna probably go ahead and get um get me some uh 
McCheesesteaks tonight. That's a project I'm looking forward to tonight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's the next creative project. Yeah, catch you, that's the catch next you coming to my mouth this evening. You know what I'm saying? I'm one like, night only. Yeah, exactly. But but nah, like I said, just I'm looking forward to having more creatives like yourself and other people come by, oh. enjoy my space, meet new people, mm-hmm. and just encourage a positive energy around me. Do uh so you know definitely I've noticed like we hired, you know we cook breakfast together we mm-hmm. hung out you know we really into like hosting and kind of giving back is that something that's like very very important to you or does it just come natural to you? It just definitely comes natural. It's natural, but it is important. Of too, course, because it's a direction to go in and it makes everybody happy, including me. Oh yeah, I mean I feel like I mean that's kind of like what this podcast is to me like in terms of like shine wise it's like hey like I have a hub like come come come, come get be friends yeah. yeah, yeah. Cookies and talk shit to each other. Exactly, like that's that's all it's really about. Um, mm-hmm. so based on the wildness of last evening, mm-hmm. I think we might cut this one a little short. Might cut this one a little short. I'm the, I'm forever that guy. Listen, it's that, it's that guy. Story, it's yeah. uh, it's you know we're clocking in at like 34, 35 minutes. Ain't no worries here. Yeah, the quality over quality. The quali- yeah, the quality this is the best goddamn thirty minutes you ever heard. Yeah, girl. girl. <laughs> um, no, totally though. Uh, Shouts out, shouts out, Prince. Yeah, peace to the guys. Yeah, rest in peace, Fife, Fife Dog. Too. Fife Dog. It's not too late for that either. Man, everyone, we're losing all the icons. This yeah. rough. I know. We need to someone, someone watch, watch over Buster Rhymes, please. Please, watch the dragon, yo. <laughs> oh my god! Please, someone be careful. Make sure he stays straight. Yeah. Um. And watch our young black kids, cause the next Jesus is clearly coming about in a few months. Yeah. Oh Lord, it's like that. It's like that. Right it's the next there. Jesus or the next. It's the end crisis. Ah, uh, what? One of the two. All right, I'm about to early again. Uh, um. Okay. Where can where can people follow you on social media? Um. Just hit me up on Facebook, Brandon Buxton, or Instagram, Buxton B ninety three, and um YouTube me. At, Are you on Twitter? No, I ain't even on Twitter. I don't got a lot to say on Twitter. Um, see me come roll through the house and say what's up. Word. Bring your friends <clears throat> and cute sisters. Word. Okay, that is a wrap. This has been a wild, wild breakfast. This is the brunch club. Brunch club. Brunch club. Alt brunch. Alt brunch. Alt wave brunch club. You okay. Peace. Peace.